What up, everybody? It's Cuff of the Vision Lab Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Farmers Insurance, the Robert Garcia Agency. If you're looking for the best insurance and customer service, make sure you pick up the phone and dial 972-645-1844. Whether it's home, life, or business insurance, Robert and his staff are the best at protecting you and your family. Once again, that's Farmers Insurance, the Robert Garcia Agency. Agency. The phone number, 972-645-1844. And the website is farmersagent.com forward slash R Garcia. And don't forget to mention the Vision Lab podcast. Welcome back to another great episode of the Vision Lab podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Cuffey, alongside my co-host, Mr. Ryan Mosley. Yo, the Vision Lab is the official growth mindset podcast for all visionaries worldwide, showing mad love to the cigar community. Special shout out to Nexum Creative. Man, listen, we are in the lab and I am super excited today. Hey, yo, Mo, what do we have in the lab? Cuff, today's guest is a native of Dallas, Texas. She is a graduate of Baylor University. She was a cast member on CBS's hit show, uh, Big Brother, season 21. She is a true influencer in the world of Instagram, with over a quarter million followers. Right. Uh, please welcome the one and only beautiful Kat Dunn to the Vision Lab podcast. Hey. I, didn't, I didn't tell you anything about me. So we do our homework. I know. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, so as you were talking, I was like, oh crap, what's he going to say? <laughs> what's he going to say next? Well, first of all, thank you for sitting down. Oh my gosh, I was looking forward to it. And let's say shout out to Jules Creative. Yes. For introducing us. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Jules. We appreciate you. For sure, for sure. And we actually had Jules on the show. Mm -hmm. What season was that? Season four or, four, five. four or five. She's episode 58, I believe. Yeah, so amazing talent on the creative space. Absolutely love you, Jules. Uh, thank you again for, for the introduction. So um, let's get into it. First of all, you're smoking your first cigar. Well, no. My first cigar was in college and I was smoking a black and mild. Well, <laughs> that doesn't count. That, that doesn't count. count. This is my first real cigar, though. Yes. Um, yeah, so I don't really, I don't know what I'm doing. But, um, but no, but I was excited to smoke with the boys. No problem at all. Yeah. We appreciate so, yeah. it. And we got, we're sipping cool. on a little Class A vodka. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And the, the vodka goes, goes down so smoothly. Absolutely. Like, this isn't, usually when I take shots of vodka, I'm like, oh, yeah. this is really smooth. I like it. Yeah, yeah. be careful. Yeah. Be careful. I know. That's what you. they yeah. said. Don't get us in trouble with, you know, you driving around and saying that, hey, we got this from the Vision Lab. Like, <laughs> we'll keep it 100. <laughs> they got me drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no. To you, sir. So, um, who is uh, Kat Dunn? Um, Kat Dunn is me. Okay, and what is that? <laughs> okay, I don't know. I'm so bad at elevator pitches, and I've never been this bad at it before. But, like, you know whenever, like, you're, like, on a first date, or, like, say, like, back in the day, like, your first day of school or something, and people were like, okay, tell us about yourself. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, don't, I mean, I do know who I am, of course. But, man, I really got to work on my elevator pitch. Okay. Because I don't know who I am. I mean, I know I'm, like... You know, I'm Kat Dunn, born and raised in Dallas, Texas, yep, D-Town, 30 years old, graduate from Baylor University, as yeah. he said, was on Big Brother. Um, but no, but I mean, I gotta, I gotta work on it so I sound cooler. So let's go into Big Brother yeah. then. Like, um, how did that happen? Obviously, you did a lot of modeling when you were younger. When what, uh, Miss um, Miss Plano? Plano and yeah, you, um, you, 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 you've been around for a minute. Um, yeah, well, I guess I did my first pageant when I was 17. Um, I wanted to be an evening gown designer. 
and uh, I went to go intern with a designer out in South Carolina who designed like dresses for Miss America and Miss USA and Miss Universe and all this stuff. Um, and when I was there, I realized that I like fell in love with the world of pageantry and the pageant girls and I wanted to be exactly like them because they were all so beautiful and poised. So um, I wouldn't say that I like, necessarily grew up around, you know, I, not that I've like, been around, you know, for years, but I guess now that I'm 30, it has been a while. Um, but yeah, but uh, no, so I guess like pageants kind of got me uh, started in this whole, you know, world of modeling, which eventually led to my career as an influencer. And um, Big Brother actually, they recruited me off of Instagram. And I, I think they found me because I was a, a, mod, a model for Monster Energy. And I think they were recruiting a lot of the Monster Energy girls because they wanted like some hot girls or something. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so yeah, so they found me and they reached out to me uh, via DM on Instagram. And I'm just, at the time I was very like, I was working a nine to five job and I was just, you know, like when you kind of just get caught up in the same thing every day. And I was, just, I was just bored and in a rut. Um, so when they reached out to me, I was like, man, this will be so much fun. You know, something new and exciting to kind of shake my life up a little bit. And it did, and it hasn't been the same since. When, when that DM came across, right, were you thinking, is this real, or is somebody pranking me, or is this, you know, spam? Yeah, where, where's Ashton Kutcher? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, no, because I've actually been reached out to, like, it's kind of, I guess not, a, I wouldn't say like a normal thing, but I had gotten other DMs before from other casting people, you know, saying like, like a couple weeks before that I had re I'd been reached out to by the casting director of Paradise Hotel, which I was like, okay, I come from a pretty um, conservative family, so I didn't want to go on a dating show where you stay yeah. in the hotel room with some random guy. Right. And then also like Love Island had reached out to me, um, you know, what, before Big Brother and they never really like, I never really thought that either one of them. I just didn't really want to go on a dating show. So when Big Brother reached out and it wasn't a dating show and it was, you know, the chance to win half a million dollars and it was like a social experiment. Um, I don't know. It sounded like a pretty cool opportunity. Um, and the funny thing is I still have the screenshot of the initial message that I got uh, because the casting director, you know, he sent me the whole like, uh, you know, I'm so-and-so from casting and we're looking for people like you. Like, it was very like official. And my response was, oh, hell yeah, I'm down. <laughs> and then that was like, and then they told me in my first interview, they're like, that was the thing that like, as soon as we got your response, we knew that you were like someone that we were really interested in. Cause usually people will message back something either equally as formal or they're asking questions or, you know, whatever. But I was like, no, hell yeah, I'm down. And then, and then we're, all, yeah. we're all skeptics now. Yeah, I know, right? Well, then the other thing was is they also tried to set me up a call like right then and there. Um, but I was really busy that day because I had a full time job. So they were like, okay, like give us a call right now. You know, we'll talk about it. And I was like, uh, can I call you tomorrow? I'm actually like really busy today. Um, so I don't know. It was just like, I guess they liked my whole like Nonchalant, laid back attitude. Yeah, yeah. But, sure. um, but no, but nothing, when that whole thing happened, like nothing ever. I never had a doubt in my mind that it was going to happen for me, um, so I just kind of like trusted the process and it ended up working out. Oh, I love that. Trust the process. Absolutely. And so, one of the things I'm curious about with Big Brother, right? Um, Let me try to you, take a smoke. Is it going yeah. to go out? Uh, no, you're you good. good. I think you're good. I think you're good. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. It's your first time. <laughs> so, on the show, somebody's always working an angle. There's mm -hmm. always an alliance here. There's always a mm -hmm. backroom partnership here there. Given the time she spent on the show, what did you learn when it comes to actually working with people? Because now you're used to people. You, I'm sure you see BS coming a mile away. <laughs> well, okay. The funny thing is, is I feel like before I went on Big Brother, I was pretty like socially savvy. Like maybe, I don't know. Like I, 
I was, I've always been, I guess in, in, Big, in Big Brother we call it a social game, mm -hmm. but like in the real world, I don't know, I guess I was just like friendly to people, you know, like always like work in the room and whatever. But ever since I got back from Big Brother, my social skills took such a big hit <laughs> and I don't know why and I haven't recovered. I think it's because I was away for, you know, 100 days and I didn't have my phone. I only saw the same like 16 people for those 100 days um, that I just like, I, I feel like there's a difference between, like I feel like pre-show I was just a lot more like socially savvy and now I'm just really socially awkward <laughs> so but, I, but it's okay because like I guess like I have no choice but to own it at this point so um, I remember like my first couple dates when I got off the show were so awkward and I was like I'm sorry like I just got off a show <laughs> like I, I I can't help but act this weird and I don't know but um but something that really prepared me for going on the show, and I probably should read again and what might help me transition back, you know, it's like over a year later, um, was the book uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Yeah. Yes. That great is book. such a great book. Um, not only in like the business world and, you know, like your just personal life, but I really feel like if anyone wants to go on Big Brother, that is like the textbook of what to read to you know find out how to not necessarily how to read people but also like how to make them do something that you want them to do because the game of big brother is all manipulation it's all trying to convince people to you know work for you or to mm -hmm. do your job for you and i don't know it's it's actually i feel like you have to be a sociopath to win but <laughs> but or i don't know i highly recommend winning reading that book if you haven't already so what was that like when you know that, hey, you and I may be friends, mm -hmm. but we're not really friends because at the end of the day, if it boils down to the two of us, you're going to do something to me. No, you don't. It, that's the thing is Big Brother gets you because they don't like you don't realize that. Like I, my dumb ass like was like it was like first weekend. And then me and this guy, Jackson, who actually ended up winning the game, we like hit it off right away. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I was like, oh, my gosh, like he's such a nice guy. He reminds me of all my friends back home. Like he like. <laughs> Like, is so cool. He's my number one in the game. This is like first, second weekend, or whatever. And um, I just like was like he would never do anything to like because the other thing about me is like whenever I meet a friend, I like dive all into them. Mm -hmm. So um, so never am I like you know when someone's acting like they're you know they have my back and they're my best friend, I believe them. And that was a tough lesson to learn because I learned that. And Big Brother, like, you know, that's because everyone's playing their own game and everyone's trying to win. So everyone's manipulating you and they and they want you to think that they're your number one because they don't want you going after them. So I don't know. It was, it was kind of it's it was it was tough to well, tough, but interesting to see how, you know, people are really just manipulative. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Jackson, he like screwed me over in the beginning of the uh, season and actually a couple things that he did actually led to my demise in the game just from like you know the first week because I just put all my trust in him and I thought you know like oh he would never screw me over but when there's half a million dollars on the line you know people yeah. will do crazy stuff what is a palate cuff a palate is basically you know like you're on top of your tongue like your taste buds oh, like okay. what what you know what resonates what makes sense for you and how your flavor profiles right so you know cigar smoking um, you can have a wide range of a palate, like I do, right? Other people like, you know, mild cigars that don't have a lot of, you know, vigor to them. Mm -hmm. um, other people like flavored cigars. Other people will care for, um, you know, like a, what we would call a full body, right? Which is like 
it's gonna give it all to you. It's yeah. a full like, meal. But it's you said that you were starting me off easy on this one. Yeah, so we got this you is a on fat the fat bottom Betty. There yes. you go. Yeah, yeah. It's one of our personal yeah. favorites. Yeah, they as well. call me Fat Bottom Cat actually. Do they really? <laughs> no, but that I might want be them the title too. of your episode. <laughs> I mm. want them too. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, say so, hey, shout out to, to Rayford and the crew in Jewish State. Yeah. absolutely great products. So you know you're you're in Big Brother and uh, you realize that hey, this is real deal. This is a game. Talk to me about that actual experience while being in the show. Um, you there for what, 100 days, mm -hmm. right? Um, well, kind of. It depends because I got evicted on day 58. So then, like, the the game, I guess, goes on for 100 days, but people get evicted every week. So if you get evicted in the first five weeks, then you go home. But if you get evicted in the second half of the game, then you, uh, you, you go, well, you go to this thing called jury, which is awesome because it's a mansion. Ours was a mansion in Malibu and it was like the <laughs> bougiest thing I'd ever experienced and I'll never be able to afford it ever again. But, um, but, uh, but no, but so I wasn't, I guess I wasn't there playing the game for a hundred days, but I was, you know, playing the game for 58 days and I was long enough. But yeah. <laughs> what's it like being isolated from the outside world? There's no phone. It's like two days. Yeah, there's no, right. It's like being <laughs> in camp, no internet. Like, I mean, what, what's that like when you um, wake up and it's, you know, 21 days and you haven't talked to anybody except people in this house? Yeah. Well, so the crazy thing is with the phones and, um, we're, I feel like we might all be the same age. I'm so I'm 30, so I wasn't no, like. No, we're a little bit older. You're older, okay. I'm slightly older. Oh, nice. No, okay, black, good. black don't crack. I know, man. White women <laughs> age like pumpkins, though, for real. <laughs> so I'm just trying to stay young, but ugh. but um, no. So um, oh, oh yeah. So what was I gonna say? I lost my train of thought. You're, you're talking about how it's being isolated. Being isolated. Oh yeah, yeah. You caught. Sorry, I'm like as soon as you start talking about my age, and I like I'm like oh, and a whole other thing. But anyways, <laughs> no. So being isolated. So you know, I'm 30. So I grew up in this uh, world where it. I didn't get my first cell phone until I was like 17, 18, maybe. Okay. Um, you know, when you get your car, you get your cell phone. Um, this generation now, I'm not sure if they'd oh, ever be able to survive yeah. with Big Brother, because um, I feel like maybe it was like part of my my like deep subconscious that like maybe allowed me to kind of. Uh, transition this way but uh it only took like three days of not having my phone and then it was like my body was kind of like okay with it which is strange because i'm addicted to my phone so uh, so it's crazy to me that it only took like three days and then all of a sudden i was felt like i was like okay whatever what do you mean you're addicted to your phone? Oh, I, like, my screen time is insane. <laughs> like, it's, because I also, because, so I don't even watch TV because I spend so much time on my phone. So I can't afford to have, like, another hobby that would take away, like, that kind of time. Is that because of, <clears throat> of who you are as a, as a social media influencer? Um, I think that... You know, they say, like, do what you love to do and you never work a day in your life. Right. <laughs> I love social media. I love Instagram. I love scrolling through, looking at people's photos. Like, I love, like, I don't view social media as necessarily, like, a toxic kind of thing. I, like, it's my entertainment. So, um, so yeah, no, so I was straight up addicted. But also, before I went on the show, um, I was in that bad habit of, you know, if someone would text me, I'd text them back right away. If someone would call me, I would, you know, answer the phone right away. I, um... I'm trying so hard not to get back into that habit now that I've gotten off the show because I remember when I was in the house, I was like, okay, something that I can absolutely not do when I get back and I get my phone back is I can no longer be at people's beck and call because it was causing a lot of stress in my life mm -hmm. by like all, because people always knew I was on my phone. They always knew that. You pulled in so many different directions. Yeah. And then so when people know that you're always on your phone, if they text you, 
they're gonna like keep texting you back until you answer. So now like I, my friends know that um, like if they text you that does, you know, I'm kind of notoriously bad at texting, which I like because then mm -hmm. they know not to expect a text back, um, which I don't know, I mean, maybe that's a bad way to be, but I just was, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it traps you to be at people's beck and call like that. Um, so Big Brother did kind of free me from that. Um, but also the thing that was really hard for me was I had never gone longer than a day, I think. I, I, I don't even know. Like, I talk to my parents every single day. Right. So now like not having them to talk to was really, really hard for me. And I struggled a lot in the house about, I was like, oh, I hope I'm making them proud. I hope that they still love me, which sounds really crazy. But um, just because I hadn't, like, I was so used to talking to them every single day. So in, in what we're talking about with Big Brother, it's a true social experiment, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. What's one of the hardest lessons you learned in the aftermath of experience all of that? Um, well, so I, I'm somebody who I, so there's, I guess there's a lot of people that go on this show, Big Brother, and I don't know if y'all are familiar with how, it, how the actual shows run, but so there's the edited show that they air three times a week. Then there's also live feeds mm -hmm. that are 24 seven. Mm -hmm. And you're, so you're always on camera. People can always go on CBS All Access and watch you at all times of the day. They can watch you sleep. They can watch you getting ready to go into the shower. They can, I mean, you don't actually see you in the shower, but they right. see your head like from your, yeah. your neck up. They, um, ever, there's a camera everywhere in the house, even the bathroom, but the bathroom doesn't feed to the live feeds. Um, but that's just for like safety purposes. Um, but you, it's like you forget that the cameras are there. Um, so I think, I, well, so there's a lot of people that go on the show and then whenever they come back and they realize that there's a lot of, um, you know, backlash over things that they said or things that they did on the show, they immediately blame the edit. They're like, oh, that wasn't me. Like it was the edit. It was, you know, it's like there's live feeds. Like, there's I mean, no, there's it's no not, accountability. yeah, it's like, it's not necessarily like, you know, sometimes like, like I get on the live show, they can, I mean, on the, not, on the edited show, they can kind of like, you know, skew your character a little bit, but you know, with the 24 hour live feeds, you know, you're giving them, you're giving them the stuff, the, you know, the footage to use. Um, so something that I've done as a Big Brother alumni, which I don't think a lot of people do, and they should because it's, I think it's a really great learning lesson, is I went home and I looked at all of the things that people said that were bad about me, which is, you know, of course, very humbling because you only want to see the good things. And there were a lot of good. I would feel like I was pretty well received and, um, you know, I'm really grateful for my fan base. But, you know, there's a couple people that were like, hey, like I saw that you said this and or you, you treated this person like this. And, you know, like it would be like a lot of people like to cower and say like, oh, that wasn't me, that was the edit. And then they just kind of look like a fool. But instead I took the time to, to own it. To own, well, not, not only to own it, but to like look, you know, to like kind of reflect and be like, wait, why did I say that? Like, why did I, like there was one, in, there was this girl that, um, and she still won't talk to me today, which I don't blame her because I talked such bad shit about her. Like, and I don't even know why. Like, I just like, I guess it's because like other people didn't like her. So I found myself like using like conversations about her to like, um, to it like. Built, it built your case to, to go ahead and go down, go down that path. Yeah, exactly. So it was like, so like, of course I was getting egged on by other people because they didn't like her, but like, I literally had no reason to talk bad about her because it was actually very embarrassing when I got back and I realized that it was so one-sided and then there's like clips of her being like I love Kat like I can't wait to be friends with her oh, after this and oh, yeah man. I know I looked like such a bitch and I was like <laughs> and it was and I mean there's just no way that you can cut it it's just like like that was a very humbling experience for me and a very valuable learning moment is like you know like I I you know 
girls are very gossipy. I'm very gossipy, but you can gossip and be, you know, chatty um, without talking bad about someone. Because it didn't make me look good at all. It like, you know, it made me look horrible and it, I realized that it was a really bad trait of mine. So I tried to work on it. Do you think that that was a reflection of your inner character? Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, well, I mean, well, yes and no, huh? Um, I mean, I, I like to think that I have a good character. Um, you know, I uh, grew up in a very, you know, um, you know, like, like my house, you know, Christian value household went to uh, Presbyterian Christian Academy, went to, you know, Baylor, you know, like not that religion necessarily like, um, doesn't define it you. doesn't define you, but I think that when you grow up with those kind of values, you know, that definitely shapes who you are as a person. You got a solid base. Yeah, yeah. So I know I'm a good person, um, but I think that I definitely had a streak that was, you know, that I liked talking for whatever reason. Like I liked talking shit about people, and I was using it as a way to bond with others, and that's not something that. So it was a strategy play or a tactic. Well, no, I, I wish I could just blame it on a tactic, but it was it was literally just like Trying a bad. Trying to get it out here. No, no well, no. I know but like but I guess like that's the thing is like I really can't like sometimes it's like as simple as that like you can't really make an excuse for it you have to just own like okay wow that's like a really bad characteristic of mine and I need to fix that because it, it didn't help me in the game like even if I was using it to bond with other people like it's not like it furthered me in the game like I could have easily just like stepped out of those conversations and I probably still could have bonded with those people about other things so um so it's more of just like a learning experience for me um but with that being said it I wouldn't say that that was something that like define my game like you know like there was a lot of other things not to toot my own horn huh but there was a lot of other like you know like redeeming qualities that I showed because um because I think the general consensus was that I was a nice person um my season was actually very controversial because a lot of people said a lot of things that were heavily weighted in like microaggressions and even racism and that was something that i did not take part of at all and i'm actually known for not taking part of that and known for like there is like sometimes there'd be situations where someone would say something like that and i would shut them down so i do like to think that you know i am a good person and i was raised with good morals because i know the difference between right and wrong as it comes to stuff like that but for some reason when it was coming towards talking bad about this girl I just you know it's I don't know but but I also feel like I became a better person for it I can dig it Cuff allow me to take a, a quick break right for yes, a second um, and say thank you to one of our sponsors the good folks at Class A Vodka cheers absolutely hey, cheers. cheers boom absolutely uh, visionaries if you have not gotten your gotten a chance to get a hands on one of these bottles uh, the slogan is class in every glass we stand by it we wouldn't have it on the show if we didn't believe right. in it the Instagram right. handle is at Class A underscore vodka. That's Class A with a K. Um, we, all we can tell you is it's the best vodka in the world. Make sure you get your hands on the bottle. Send them a DM. They'll make sure you're taken <laughs> care of. Uh, again, Class in every glass. It's at Class A vodka. So you just had Class A vodka for the very first time. Yeah. All right. I'm a classy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, what is your overall experience with it? It's good. It's like, okay, so I don't know about different vodka classes, but I'm assuming that Class C is probably the stuff that you get like when you're at like the frat party yeah. <laughs> and it like burns as it goes down. But um, this stuff, it's like, it's like I'm drinking straight vodka and it doesn't taste like like i'm not like puckering my face when i drink it like it's, it goes down smooth it does so i like it, it highly does. recommend definitely <laughs> definitely so get your puff on um mm -hmm. i want to transition so you leveraged um you know being on on big brother mm -hmm. into a social media now you're like the social media powerhouse um, i like to think so i mean I, i'm still learning <laughs> how, how does how does one deal with success how does one deal well 
I don't. Or, or better yet, how did Cat deal with success? There you go. Um, well, thank you. Thanks for saying I'm a successful person. Um, I mean, I think it definitely. Um, I wouldn't say that. Like, I do. I believe I am a successful person because you know I, I think anyone that's able to be you know financially independent and be able to like live you know the life that they want to live and like I mean of course like I would like to you know have a mansion and a night you know whatever it's, it's but, you know, but being yes but you know but being able to like you know live comfortably be financially independent all that like I think that that it truly is successful um, but with that being said um, I'm not by any means at the point that I can be complacent where I am like you know with uh, being a social media influencer, it's all based on, you know, it's independent contracts. It's not like I'm going to, like, I guess before I went on Big Brother, I had my nine to five job, but then I was also kind of dabbling in influencing because I still had like uh, almost 50,000 followers. So on a smaller level, you know, like it was, I was still able to like do some influencing. Um, and I was also doing, you know, the monster modeling and things like that. Um, but I always had that paycheck coming in, you know, from my nine to five job. So I knew every month, you know, I was at least making so much. Um, but now that I'm, you know, purely doing influencing and all that, it's like, it's all my brand. So, um, so instead of having the stress of, you know, like I have, um, you know, friends that they, you know, have this, have a desk job, which, you know, that's great for them, but like they, it sucks. <laughs> well, I don't want to, I, I didn't want to cool. say, no, it's well, okay. You, I, you are living no, but, the dream that a lot of people in this, but, in, in the time space we're occupying now, everyone mm -hmm. would love to be independent and essentially work yeah. for themselves. Yeah. But what you're, I think what you're getting at is like, there is no such thing as a salary check coming. Like you've got something mm -hmm. to do every yeah. day of the week. Yeah. But like, but then even sometimes like my friends, they'll like, they'll have their work stress, you know, cause their boss is onto them for something or they forgot a deadline or something like that. And then they'll be like, Oh, you're so lucky, you know, that you work for yourself. And I'm like, well, that doesn't mean I don't have stress. <laughs> like sometimes, you know, like if I, like I have to constantly be hustling, constantly be, you know, I have different agents that work for me as well as, you know, I work, you know, for, you know, pitching myself, um, to try to get that next big thing. Cause my, my salary or you know my monthly contracts they vary every month from you know what I'm making I want to break that down so you've got agents that mm -hmm. work for you mm -hmm. that you because you're, you're essentially a 1099 mm -hmm. right you work for yourself um, we won't mention your LLC or anything like that mm -hmm. but um, you got to go out and find quote-unquote work mm -hmm. you know who can I sponsor or can yeah can I represent class a vodka grand brulot what mm -hmm. have you right um, and, and like you said, you have different types of stresses. Like, what do some of those stresses look like? Is it like, hey, what is the best post for this brand that I'm representing? Um, what's the best shoot? Or I've got to go to Tulum, or I've got to go to, you know. <laughs> I got to go to Tulum. That's so stressful. Like, I have to go to Tulum. <laughs> well, you know why I said that. We'll, we'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it's like, I guess just kind of, um, well, first of all, finding those types like finding people that have your best interest in mind um, I have uh, like one of the most important people that work that I guess work with me is um, his name's Cameron and he does PR for me and he reached out to me right when I got off the show and he's like he's a fan of the show but he wrote me this really compelling email about how he um, you know wants to be in PR and he was like do you he's like he's like I don't he's like I'll work for you for free uh, which I don't believe in people working for free for me but um, but he was like saying how he'd work for me for free he'll intern for me you know whatever he just wants to get a shot you know working for me and um, and I would get a lot of emails from people you know wanting to like work for me or whatever but his just seemed really genuine so we still work together today and he's someone who like I like I um, 
dough. I don't know what I would be doing without him. Is he in him. Dallas? Um, no, he's in Austin. Okay. But um, but he has a PR. He's you know he's working on opening his PR agency. Or I guess he already has his PR agency. But he's in the like he's at the point right now where he still he works a nine to five. But then he also has his PR agency. So let's give Cameron a shout out. Oh yeah. So hey, Cameron. Anyone, anyone that's looking for a PR, yeah, yeah. give his name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drop uh, his oh, stuff. Cameron Owen PR. He'll probably probably listen to this. But he's like someone having someone like that in your life is so valuable because not only does he of course do PR for me, but he also is always available to talk on the phone. He's always available to um, I guess like if I ever have a question he's always available for like you know counsel or guidance or um, I don't know like I think that having people like that in your corner that have your best interest in mind are so important because on the other side you know I have uh, different agents that work for me and then um, one of them I just kind of had to recently cut loose because I it, being you know the influencer agency or I mean not influencer agency the influencer um, industry is very competitive Sure. So, you know, sometimes you'll find, you know, an agent or someone that works with you that they're just looking for, you know, the most relevant person or which is, of course, important, you know, but, but they're like, not thoroughly invested in you, but they're not invested in you. So like there was one person that I was working with and she was supposed, you know, she was pitching me to brands and then all of a sudden she stopped bringing me work. And I was like, well, why aren't you know, why, why are you not bringing in and like I haven't, I haven't had work from you come in for like a month and a half. And, you know, she tried to turn it back on me and was like, oh, well, you're just, you know, I pitch you every day and like, you're just unpitchable and because your brand is, you know, whatever, you're unrelatable, like blah, blah, blah. And I like, at first I kind of let it get to me and affect me, but then I found out not too long ago that really she just doesn't like me. <laughs> and so really she likes other people better, I guess. So, so I think that like, but like having someone like that, you know, and I'm absolutely consolidating the story, but like, it was just like, I just thought that that was like a really interesting um, lesson that I learned was like sometimes when someone says that you're, they're in your corner, they actually end up like kind of poisoning your world and like poisoning your uh, workplace and your, they just, all, I, I thought she was helping me and really she was just like, I mean, she might've been pitching me to brands, but she was pitching me like, you know, half ass. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I don't know, I guess, like she just ended up doing more harm than good. So I'm a really firm believer in keeping my circle with people that I know that I can trust and, um, you know, and of course I'm still learning that, you oh, know, we're always in a con we're in yeah. a constant state of learning. So, you know, you just said something earlier that I've got to, I, I want to go back a little bit. Um, you talked about, you know, the young lady that was a little bit poisonous. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, this is a growth mindset podcast. And so, um, I always like to, to kind of call it back and bring it back to, you know, what that's like when you're dealing with someone that has negative energy mm -hmm. that's poisonous to the things that you're looking to accomplish, right? Here you are, you, you've come off Big Brother, um, you know, you, you've got the social media influencer thing finally, you know, working and it's up. Um, and then you have somebody that's negative, that's supposed to be in mm -hmm. your camp, mm -hmm. right? How do you fend off people and negative energy? I mean, I think that you, of course you should always be nice to everybody, of course, <laughs> but- um, You don't have to fix <laughs> No, 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 <laughs> but I, no, but I mean, I really do think that, cause you always want, you never want somebody to say something negative about you. Like the girl that I was talking about earlier, like, um, I, and basically the reason how I found out that she even didn't like me was because she was working, she's also, she also represents one of my friends who's also an influencer. And I was talking to my friend one day and I was like, you know what, like 
so and so like they just really like I feel like anything. they just aren't doing anything for me and then she was like oh well it's because she doesn't like you and I was like wait what and then she was like <laughs> and then she was like telling me this story about how they were at you know they were at some event together or whatever and this girl um the one my agent or whatever she was just like like unprovoked just like going on and on about you know how I was annoying her and all this stuff and the way that I see it, like in that situation like even Rachel, who works with both of us, or not works with us, but she works with her and then she's my friend. I mean, she had, like, she obviously, like, at that moment, like, I guess she likes both of us. But it made, it didn't make me look bad. It made my agent look bad. So I guess, like, in that situation, like, it kind of shows you that you always want to be nice to everybody because you don't want to be that person that now is, gets, you know, dragged on a podcast and then is like, oh, they were such a bitch. But, uh, <laughs> so I do think it is important, like, whether, whether you think that they're toxic or not, like, absolutely be kind, be nice, you know, whatever. But with that being said, like, when it's your brand, it's your job, and that's, like, your moneymaker, like, don't be afraid to, like, cut people off. Yeah. Um, on another account, uh, so I kind of brought up, you know, my BB21 castmates earlier, um, and it was just, you know, for whatever reason or another, we just had a really bad group of people that um, they had, they've said a lot of problematic things. They've done a lot of problematic things. And for the longest time after I got off Big Brother, I made so many excuses for them because I was like, oh, well, they're the only people that have been through the same experience that I did. We're like a family, you know, we're a dysfunctional family, you know, whatever. And I made so many excuses for all of the things that they were doing and saying and you know and and even though I wasn't doing or saying those things I realized that just by being associated with them the perception of it was it was bringing me down because it made you know I you like you kind of I guess um, I'm trying to think of the right word for it like you don't want to enable people to like continue doing what they're, like the bad things that they're doing like sometimes even just being friends with them enables them right. um, so I'm still nice to them like I still you know if they were to reach out to me and say like hey I need your help with something you know within reason if I'm free or whatever like I'm still gonna be nice like I don't think they have anything bad to say about me but like I also don't I don't follow them on any social media I don't go out of my way to go to events with them because sometimes like you have to keep your circle, you know, free right. of toxic energy. Sure. Um, even if it's just, you know, by association, you can't have anyone coming in and spoiling like what you created because it affects not only your way of thinking, but it also affects, you know, how people perceive you and then eventually affects your career and your paycheck. Yeah. So don't be afraid to cut people out. Um, I guess one of my greatest strengths is that I um, don't, I have no, I have uh, no problem burning bridges. And I think that sometimes that's, you know, maybe that, that I feel like that used to be frowned upon, you know, like, like, oh, like you can just cut people off right away. It's like, well, no, like just because I'm cutting someone off doesn't mean that I'm not kind to them. But like, I have, you have to Sometimes be able you got to, but in business, you have to be able to cut people off because they'll do nothing but bring you down. Mo and I talked about this last night. Yes. New Jack City. Oh man. Wesley Snipes. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's business. It's mm -hmm. not personal. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then that's what it, it, it boils down to. So speaking of your business, you're a mega um, social media influencer. Um, for someone that's looking to get in the game mm -hmm. of being a social media influencer, maybe you got a 15, 16 year old girl or, or guy, mm -hmm. right, that wants to be an influencer. What advice are you giving them? Um, 
Well, I so before I went on Big Brother, I and I know this sounds so cheesy and anyone because social media influencers like it's kind of like laughed at right now because you know it's such a new thing and it's such a you know people will be like oh get a real job whatever I'm like well why would I get a real job when I'm making more money doing this yeah. but um, people don't take it seriously as a career and they should because it is you know we live in a world of social media and companies have so much money to pour into the world of social media um, I think that if anyone actually wants a like if it's like a young you know 15 or 16 year old girl or guy that they are actually you know they're interested in becoming an influencer they need to realize that it's not just about like posting pretty photos on Instagram it's not just you know like being attractive or whatever which um, of course like those are things that for a lot of people you know it works for them and they end up you know getting so many followers because they're pretty or they're whatever um, but really I think that having my background in marketing helps me a lot and it really sets me apart because I realize that um, it is more than just posting pretty photos on Instagram and it has a lot to do with you know your target audience and like who you're trying to reach out to and um, like more having more of like a business mindset behind it because um, eventually you know like even though like I want to work as an influencer as long as I can um, and I think that it is kind of that type of job that you can eventually you know transition over to being a mommy blogger or being you know like you know like there is a way <laughs> to transition. Opening up your own agency. Well yeah so that's my plan is I want to eventually open up my own agency where I focus on influencer marketing and connecting influencers with brands um, and also if we ever get over COVID who knows um, I do want to have a huge focus on travel and um, kind of like influencer planned groups uh, where we all you know go to specific locations to promote to promote different brands i have like a whole business idea lined up that i was Will you take us with you yeah no yeah. of course and we'll talk um, more about this off no and sure. yeah but i don't want to give too many details about it because i don't want anyone stealing my idea oh by but, all means. Um, keep, keep it close to the vest but, by all means. But yeah but right before you know COVID happened um me and uh my photographer we were making a lot we were working together on a lot of these plans that you know was kind of phase one of this agency idea um and i think that it has all the potential of being super successful um you know what you know, barring any sort of, you know, like uh, pandemic happening. But, um, but yeah, but that's definitely my, you know, five year, 10 year plan is, um, you know, the bigger picture. I think there's a lot of influencers that just think like, okay, I wanna, like, I need to be this, like, I need to work out and I need to have my hair look like this and I need to wear this makeup and like all this stuff because I wanna be famous. And it's like, it's not like that at all. Um, and another thing that's very important is getting a very um, engaged audience yeah. because it's really not about the followers at all these days because you see a lot of those people that you know they bought millions of followers or they bought thousands of followers and then their engagement just sucks so maybe yeah, they they'll got get two, two million followers and they post a picture and five people like it yeah exactly <laughs> or like even if it's more even if it's closer than that um, and maybe it's not like you can't really notice it like by looking at their profile like say that they do a brand deal with some you know some sort of company and they're tracking how many hits they're getting to the website that the influencers directing them to and like they barely have any return on investment so you might get like the one contract or like maybe a second contract that won't be for as much but you know after a while if you're not return if you're not having a return on investment they're not going to work with you again so um, something that I really pride myself in is keeping my audience engaged and that's by doing a lot of things like um, you know like on Instagram live like I have a like Instagram live is my thing I love doing it I'll get drunk go on Instagram live yeah. people live for it but I have this like you know very uh, engaged audience that they like I 
Like I even know them by name even. And those are the ones that they'll always show up if I have an event or if I have, or like, you know, an online event or they'll always, you know, buy my merch. They'll always, you know, try to support me the best that they can. So um, it's really important if you're interested in becoming an influencer to not only work on growing fast, but make sure that you have those really secure numbers. So how do you get your audience to engage with your content? Um, well, as silly as it sounds, like, cause you see people like they'll like, you know, you see the captions that it's like, um, you know, like happy Friday, what are you doing this weekend? You know, like, and I mean, that's of course like something off the top of my head, but that's like a very, very baseline idea of like, just like a simple, like asking questions, saying like that. It does get people to respond back, but then not only Ask the, asking them questions, but then responding back to their answers. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that I try my best to do. Um, and really, now, are you doing it or do you have somebody? I do it. Okay. Yeah. Because um, I, I mean, I, I ain't got nothing else to do in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I also don't watch TV. So, of course, like, you know, social media takes up all my time. So, um, I mean, but also, like, if you are so big and you do, you know, you are, say, you're like a celebrity and you don't have the time to do it, then pay somebody to do it, you know? Like, um, but that is something that. I do uh, try my best to respond to every single comment because also people, like the followers, they think that that's like the coolest thing. Mm -hmm. And then if they're commenting on like, say they comment on like three of your photos in a row and you respond to every single one of those comments, then they all of a sudden think you're best friends, which of course you are because you know, like you have that connection, but, um, but they will, but they, but it means so much to them because you know, like they probably have commented on all sorts of, you know, celebrity or influencers posts and then they just kind of feel ignored. Um, so yeah, so always commenting back and keeping them engaged, um, doing, you know, things that are keeping them, um, keeping them engaged. Like for me, it's Instagram live, but for other people, they have all like some people, they have other types of things to keep their followers engaged, whether it's like giveaways or like challenges or things like that. But, um, but no, but definitely keeping them engaged is key. Can I can I take a break for a hot second, Cuff? Take a break. No, I'm sorry. Take a break. It's was, too hot to take a break. Uh, take a break was the wrong word. Cat, uh, what do you think about the establishment that we're in right now? I love it. I was gonna bring that up. Actually, you beat me to it. Um, no, this is so cool. Like I've recorded. I mean, not only. I mean, podcast aside, but um, I really like y'all setup. How it's here. It's like a business. I guess it's a local business here in the area. So I'm huge with supporting local businesses, especially during a pandemic. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I like. I love the smell of cigars too. It kind of brings brings me back like a homely feeling. So this is a nice little treat. And you were telling us your grandfather used to smoke cigars. Yes. Yeah, so um, you know like how they say that like the sense of smell is like one of the most, um, uh, like your smell is associated most with your it's memories. Altruistic. Yeah, is that what it's called? I don't even know what the word is. <laughs> uh, but no, but when, uh, when we met the other night and you told me about, you know, you have a podcast, you recorded a cigar bar, I was like, oh, hell yeah. Because all of the memories that would flood back from, you know, the smell of a cigar just because my favorite grandpa smoked cigars. I was like, oh, I love that. Memories. Well, the name of the place that we are recording this episode at is Blowing Smoke Cigar Lounge. The address is 215 West Camp Wisdom Road here in Duncanville, Texas. Oh, yeah. Um, Edwina Brown is the owner. EB, thank you so much for all of your support. Shout out to EB. Coach, oh, as we call her. Uh, Jacoby, Devontae, the entire staff here. Uh, visionaries, if you're anywhere here in the southern part of the Metroplex, make sure you get to Blowing Smoke Cigar Lounge. Again, the address is 215 West Camp Wisdom Road. Uh, or on Instagram uh, is at Blowing Smoke, uh, and that's blowing without the G. Um, make that transition, Cuff. I see where you're going. Yeah. You know, we've talked a, a lot, right, about a lot of different things. And shout out to you for, you know, talking about how to become uh, a social media influencer. Um, but I'm curious, as you, as you look back, and you're 30 now, right? Mm -hmm. You still got a long ways to go. What's your biggest fear? Um, oh shit. Um, 
Well, I'm afraid of cats. That's something that's, you know. <laughs> a timeout. You go by a cat, but you're afraid of cats. Yes. How does that happen? I don't know. I didn't meet my first cat until I was like 27. Really? So, yeah, so they just like freaked me out. So yeah, so cats freak me out. Um, I also have a fear of blueberries. Why? I don't know. So when we went to the humidor, I, I said, "Hey, look, here's here's some flavored cigars." <laughs> She's like, "Oh no, I can't, I can't, I can't do that." I yeah, can't do it was that. blueberry one. Yeah, it was. It <laughs> oh was. My God. I'm not, no, we're but, not gonna talk about it, but yeah. No, but then, of course, and I mean, those are silly fears or whatever. But I mean, but, but I think that it's a good. I actually. I think that it's a good sign that like when you ask me what my biggest fear is, those are what I come up with and not like the fear of being alone yeah. <laughs> or like the fear of, you know, whatever. Um, I really don't, I'm, my personality is very, um, which sometimes this is a good thing, sometimes it's bad, but I do have a very impulsive personality. Um, it's able to, but that's like kind of what keeps me creative and it keeps me kind of like striving towards the next big thing. Um, everything that I've done, whether it was, you know, pageants or I was also a professional dancer for the Dallas Mavericks, um, or also, you know, being, uh, do, you know, do, do it. I also did broadcasting for a short while. And then of course, big brother, everything that I do that a lot of people would consider as like a end goal. Um, cause trust me in the dance world, there was a lot of girls that that was their end goal. I never let that be my end goal. I always thought of like, okay, so what can I use to leverage this to the next thing? So, you know, for instance, with, with pageants, my end goal was to, or my end goal after that was to be a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. Of course, you know, fell short of that goal. So I went and was a Mavs dancer, but that was, that still wasn't necessarily my end goal. My end goal then was broadcasting. So I used that opportunity to then um, shadow with different people in the industry and in the sports world to start uh, doing some on-camera hosting. And I was able to host, you know, the um, I was able to host the Mavs games. I was the in-game host for the Frisco Rough Riders. So I got a lot of on-camera work. So then I leveraged that into doing, you know, some um, more like social media marketing type stuff. And I just always keep the bigger picture in mind. So it so for me, like, I don't have a fear of failure because I know that even being an influencer isn't my end game goal. It's going to be opening up my agency. And then once I open up my agency, I'm going to have another end game after that that always, you know, keep me propelling forward. So I don't know. I'm not really afraid of failure or anything, but I guess I it, I guess it, would, I guess it would suck I like to it. die alone. I, I, I love that. <laughs> like, I'm not afraid of failure. I, 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 that may be the title of the show. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I absolutely love that. Um, you know, let's break this down even more so, right? And get down to the brass tacks. So what does a day in the life of Kat Dunn look like? When you wake up, well, we've heard, we've been, we've had the pleasure of interviewing almost 100 episodes, right? And we're big readers um, as it relates to growth mindset. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people talk about their mornings and, and winning oh, the mornings. Talk to me about your mornings. Okay, this is a really bad quality of mine. Oh no. I rarely see the morning because <laughs> I sleep in, which is really bad. And honestly, that is, yesterday I woke up at, because um, I actually, I was recording a podcast episode, uh, that they were only available at 8.30 a.m. my time. Oh wow. Which I... Like, Those are I, not normal operating no, hours. No, that's like I was like I am not awake by this time. But I also didn't want to tell them that I was that person. I didn't want to be like oh like I'm not awake by that time. So I was like yeah that like let me move some things around and I'll see. But um, no, but I'm not an early riser. And I got I, you. So let me ask you this. We've had the pleasure of, of talking to you for the last you know 30, 45 minutes or whatever. How does somebody? 
mitigate limiting beliefs. I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I was always told, you know, you're a loser or whatever. How? Mm -hmm. when, I want you to specifically talk to the visionaries, mm -hmm. our fans, and all the KD fans. I don't know what you call your fans. But what, what would you tell them if you had a one-on-one -on -one with, with your fans about limiting beliefs? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that also something that is, oh, it, I attribute this to a lot of my success in whether people, you know, agree with this or not, because I know that there's the whole, like, uh, you know, there is a little bit of a stigma with the whole, like, uh, participation trophy type stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of like, it goes in line with that a little bit. Um, but my parents, when they raised me, they net, like, I was always the best. Like, it was like, if my, you know, my first trophy that I earned was a participation trophy in a, uh, in a fishing thing. Like, so I was they like, work, so, they work. No, 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 well, not, no, not for everybody. I think that it depends on, you know, who, like, I, I mean, I think it definitely depends on your mindset. But like, even that, like, I was like, oh my gosh, I got a trophy. Like, I am successful. Like, you know, like, things like that. Like, and like, even my parents were hyping me up too. And then, you know, when I was doing pageants, um, I, like, I was always, you know, preparing to win. And if I didn't win, like my parents never told me like, oh, it's because you did that. Or like, ooh, you should have done that. My parents were like, well, pff, clearly the judges were crazy because you were the best one on stage. You know, like my parents were always 1000% in my corner. I had coaches that were, you know, giving me constructive criticism and, you know, helping me kind of mold myself. But like my like parents, the ones that I was spending like, 100% of my time with, they were always hyping me up. And I think that that kept me really, uh, focused on like it and maybe it's a little bit delusional maybe it's a little bit uh i don't know like really i guess it's delusional but i think that there is something to be said about you know always believing that you can always believing that you're the best always and in a very humble way of course i mean be careful don't be like Catherine said be cocky so i'm gonna be cocky not egotistical yeah not egotistical but like always like always believe that like if you work hard like you can do it like you can win um and then of course like having those like you know your your circle kind of like what i described before um as like, you know, they're always hyping you up. And like, yeah, they will like check you every now and then, but you're not getting checked by like the pe like the people that you surround yourself with aren't being hard on you. Like if they give you criticism, like it's to better yourself. Um, and, I, and I don't know, I guess just always the belief that you are capable um, and also protecting yourself that you are capable. Um, like, yeah, it was actually last night even, um, I got stuck in this rabbit hole because people like to talk about me online. Um, and I got like, I- I'll beat them up. <laughs> no, well, no, I beat them up. <laughs> but like, but I got stuck in this rabbit hole on this forum where you know, people were talking about my podcast and they were saying all sorts of like trash about my podcast. And like, before I went to bed, I was like, why am I even doing this? Like, why, like, why, like all, like all these people are talking crap about it. Like, why am I doing this? You know, whatever. Um, but, and of course, like you're allowed to have moments like that, that you're like questioning, like, oh, should I continue with this? Like, what am I doing? You know, whatever. But then like, as soon as I talked to my parents about it, or as soon as I talked to my, you know, my, my close inner circle about it, they were able to like hype me up and be like, oh no, like, and also not even just like blindly hyping me up, but they were able to give me like instances and scenarios and be like, don't you remember that time that you did that and what it meant to that person? Um, so I think as long as having that solid foundation, cause you'll get negativity trying to cloud your brain all the time. But as long as you have those people around you that hype you up, it's good. I don't so, know if that's bad advice, but here that is. It's <laughs> your, Be there's, there's no right or wrong answer. It's what you, it's what you've experienced. Yeah. So, so you just mentioned something, um, your podcast. Mm -hmm. 
um, conspire away, bitches. Yes. <laughs> Let's get into it. Talk about it. Come on. Um, What's that about? When does it air? Now, we want all of our visionaries to listen to the Vision Lab podcast first. And then tune in to Conspire Away Bitches. So talk to us about it. What's so, it? well, okay, so the Conspire Away Bitches podcast is honestly something that I just kind of stumbled into because I never thought I was going to be a podcaster. I don't listen to podcasts. Um, except for the Vision Lab. Except for the Vision Lab, of course. Um, but no, but it was just kind of, so I, during quarantine, um, and, you know, y'all remember at the beginning of quarantine, we were all kind of, you know, stuck, we were all stuck in our houses and a lot of people were kind of losing their, um, quality of life, if you will. Like they were losing their like, what was making them happy every day? Like what was keeping them going? So I started uh, these Instagram lives, which I kind of mentioned before, which now they've gotten more drunken, like in shenanigan Instagram lives. But at first when quarantine started, I was inviting um, my fellow Big Brother alumni on for these, it was an hour episode every night on Instagram live where we would just talk about, um, you know, Big Brother. I, gotta have, I would have people send in their questions and then me and, you know, whoever I invited on that night would just shoot the shit for, you know, an hour and like reminisce about Big Brother and what's next for them, you know, how they're handling quarantine, things like that. Um, I booked myself solid for two weeks every single night because I thought quarantine was only going to be like two weeks long. <laughs> then it wasn't two weeks long. That's what you thought. Yeah. yeah. So then it was two months later and I was every single night I was interviewing with a new person every night. And that's a lot like to be, you know, how did you find your interviewers? Cause you know, we're podcasters. Mm -hmm. Well, it, they were all big brother people. Okay. So it was, it was a lot easier for me. Cause I kind of had like a, you know, my inner circle of big brother people or, you know, kind of like reality TV, whatever. So a lot of them were my friends. Um, but people loved them. Like it, people were telling me that that was the thing that was keeping them excited every day during quarantine. They were setting their alarms every night for uh, 8 p.m. because that's when they knew that my Instagram live was. And it was really humbling to see how much excitement I was bringing to everyone's lives during such a dark time. Um, but doing it every single night for two months was exhausting. And I, what, so I was like, I don't know if I can handle this every night. Cause also we would also like have wine too while we were talking. So it was just oh, like, you were getting lit. Oh, I was, yeah, I was getting lit every night. And I was like, this is, this, I need to tone this back. So I, <laughs> so, and of course, as I talked earlier about, you know, you're not that, that not that my Instagram lies or ever an end goal, but like always kind of, you know, using everything as an opportunity to go into the bigger picture and the next end goal. So I was able to, you know, get that secure audience in directing them to my podcast, which is the Conspire Way Bitches podcast. Um, and of course, the new Big Brother All-Star season was happening. They managed to do an All-Star season during quarantine. Um, so uh, I just probably were the safest people. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But um, no, no, so it was just kind of the good, the timing of it was good. And then um, me and uh, Reality Steve, he's a big, he's a blogger here in Dallas who spoils The Bachelor every, uh, every year. <laughs> and he has a um, he has a podcast too. <clears throat> Excuse me. Him and I are really close, so he was kind of helping me, you know, learn the ropes of podcasting. Um, so no, I just kind of like stumbled into it, and a lot of people loved it uh, or love it. During the Big Brother season, it was the second highest ranked Big Brother podcast behind Rob has a podcast, which is like. Rob has a podcast is like ridiculous. Like he is like, no one's ever going to beat his podcast. Cause it's like, that's like the analytical, like they like have, uh, it's all like, the nuts and bolts, all the nuts and bolts. Like it, you know, that's like, I will never be that style of podcast, which I don't want to be. Mine's more of like a lighthearted fluff, you know, whatever. Um, and of course like it started off as a big brother related podcast. Cause that's where my audience was built in. But eventually and starting now I'm making the transition and do covering more, you know, pop culture, um, you know, like the, the kind of like pop culture, social media, 
Um, I love conspiracies too, so dabbling a little bit in conspiracies Are is always fun. Are you a conspiracy fun. theorist? Um, yes, but hear me out. I'm not crazy. I just love, like, as I said earlier, you know, I don't watch TV. My entertainment is getting caught in, like, Google rabbit holes. We'll all, like, either be researching, like, an unsolved murder or, like, conspiracy theories or, you know, something. And I just, like, go deeper and deeper and deeper. And some of them I know aren't true, but I love... I love just like hearing people out, like flat earth, flat earth. Like I don't believe in the flat earth theory by any means, but I will absolutely get caught in a rabbit hole of people that do because it's the most like intriguing mm. argument. And honestly, the argument makes sense. That's the craziest part about it. It's like, man, if you like really forget everything you know, like y'all kind of got me there. And that's how a lot of the conspiracies are, which I know is really dangerous, but um, it's entertaining. Who, who, who was that? It wasn't John Wall. Was it John Wall? No, 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 it's Kyrie. Oh, uh, Kyrie said the earth was flat. Oh. Yeah, Kyrie said the earth was flat. That's a whole other conversation. I know, but I, I don't think there's a flat man, but it is an intriguing argument. I mean. <laughs> so before we go further down this rabbit hole. Well, I'm not an expert on that, so I have, that's all I can say about flat earth theory. It's all good. That's it's all, all good. Before we go further down this rabbit hole, Cuff, allow me to say thank you to another group who helps take care of us. Yes, sir. And that is the good folks at Dallas Sleep LLC. Uh, their website is DallasSleepLLC.com. Um, they make great cigars, the Bishop, the Hamilton, those are my two personal favorites. Um, but also, they've got a charitable foundation, they yeah. have an entertainment company. Yep. If you're looking to get something done, uh, contact the good folks at Dallas Sleep LLC. The Instagram page, I believe, is at Dallas Sleep LLC. Um, you know, Ron, Tash, Sheree, the, the, whole, the entire group, there's, there's, there's an army of them. Thank you guys so much for your support. We're definitely looking forward to big things with you guys in the very, very near future. And, and you talk about support, right? Like, Dallas Leaf LLC is, is a conglomerate. Yes, um, absolutely. They, they're, they, they're an army. They're an army, and they, they come in droves, number one. But the support that they give on a regular basis, um, you know, they, they've got really tremendous cigars. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of the Hamilton. I like the Bishop. You I like the, the Bishop? The Hamilton's like the, not bad. I'm, wrong. I'm, a, I'm a fan of the Bishop right now. Yeah, for sure. So, shout-outs at Dallas Leaf LLC. Make sure you guys cop that whenever you get a chance. Um, and also... Here in Blowing Smoke Cigar Lounge. Um, yes, absolutely. You, know, you, can, you can purchase um, Dallas Sleep LLC. So let, it's, it's uh, almost about that time. Almost. But before we get there. We're going to play a game? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's play okay. a little game. Let's play okay. a game. Come on. So you got one's got to go. Okay. You've heard of this before, right? Yeah. A teddy bear or chocolate? Oh, obviously a teddy bear. Like, why would I give up chocolate? <laughs> you sociopath. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> roses or a Valentine card? Oh, I okay. I love roses, don't get me wrong. But I my favorite thing in the world is a handwritten card. Like that's I keep all of my handwritten cards from like as far back as I could remember. I have a whole drawer at home full of them. Okay. So in the spirit of Valentine's, uh diamonds or Louboutins? Ooh. Good question. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. say diamonds because all the Louboutins that I own, I've bought myself. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I will say diamonds because I've never bought myself a diamond. So you've got a romantic giveaway. Okay. Oh, excuse me, a romantic getaway. Oh, I was like, okay, a what romantic getaway. <laughs> romantic getaway. Oh, yeah. Somewhere cold. Oh no. Or somewhere hot. Okay, somewhere hot, but specifically, in case anyone listening to this is interested, it's. I want to go on one of those trips. It's like in like Bali or like Bora Bora, where it's like you're in the huts. So I had my my um, 
My honeymoon. Oh yeah. In Bora Bora. Were y'all in one of the huts where like you yep. don't, you're just like naked the whole time? You don't. Yep. Even, yeah, that's yep. my. That's, 100%. Fellas, and we were, take her there. And I was naked <laughs> because I'm that guy. I what one thousand. Can you get to the next part of this? Please? <laughs> no, but that's what every girl wants. She wants a she wants an ex, like a secluded getaway in Bora Bora where so, she's like we're close. Bora Bora is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a very very remote island. Mm -hmm. um, my wife and I went for our honeymoon. Um, we, we celebrated five years uh, back in December. Mm -hmm. um, and it was amazing. What I will tell you about Bora Bora is, uh, is that the food is amazing, the but there's nowhere to go. Like it's- That's why you stay in your secluded hut. That's what you you're stuck there, huh? Yeah, you don't even have to pack clothes, it's perfect. Like you're, you're <laughs> honestly, you're literally there. So we, we, we took a flight to uh, LAX, mm -hmm. uh, LA, and then, and then we flew and this from Dallas to LAX and then from from LAX to um, I don't even know where we went to but it was crazy because we had a um, it sucked because <laughs> honestly it did now I don't want to go no no yeah, but I was listen, like man you were we selling had, me up no, 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 that no, point no, now I'm no, like no, oh, we, had, okay, we had we had a um, a little little boy at two three years old that woke up in the middle of the night and was a little boy so he's kicking the seat and he's active and all this stuff. So, so we got there, you, you, you land in an island mm -hmm. and then you have to boat another 45, maybe an hour from wherever the uh, airstrip is mm -hmm. to Bora Bora. Now, where we, where we went was Secrets of, of Bora Bora. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't remember the name. But it's where Justin Bieber has been. Oh, he, no way. He, he actually rented it out. It's where, um, God, they play this movie um, all day long, every day. I cannot remember the name of this movie right now. Um, but it's got... Um, Vince Vaughn? Vince Vaughn. Oh. Um, I honestly wouldn't know anyway. I know what you're talking about Phase on Love and all that. Yes. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember. It's a family movie, but I can't yeah, remember the name. The name good, escapes me at the moment. Yeah, it's a good movie. I can't remember it right now to save my life. But they literally play that on a loop. So, like, you can come home at 1 o'clock in the, in the it's afternoon. On. It's on. It's on. You can come it's back gracious. at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. It's on. But the experience was amazing. For a while there, I thought you were complaining about going to Bora Bora, and no, I was no, about no. to roast you so hard. I was like, no, there was no complaint. <laughs> but the reality was that on that flight, uh -huh. the three or two year old boy literally kicked the seat, cried, mm. wanted this, wanted that for like six of the eight I hour I don't blame flight. him though, man. Six of eight I hours. Well, I take a little person on a flight that long. <laughs> asking for trouble. Yeah. So, um, you know, so you already answered romantic getaway. Um, would you want to have dinner out mm -hmm. at a fancy, you know, nice upscale restaurant or Netflix and chill? dinner out because okay i i just don't watch movies i don't watch tv like i if i'm netflix and chilling i would rather just chill <laughs> but um i love nights in but i also love you know when there's not a pandemic going on i do love like getting dressed up and going out to eat and and interacting with people yeah or at least interacting with the one that i'm with you know eh. popcorn or candy candy i'm not a huge popcorn person. what's your favorite candy uh probably reese's like sugar any babies really yeah Sugar babies. That, I, I took you back to the like was mid mine? 90s. Yeah. Uh, lemon heads and Jolly Ranchers. Man, so y'all aren't chocolate people. 
Oh, I mean, I, I like you know, good, good, I mean, a good chocolate cheesecake and like chocolate chip cookies. But, oh, you like, like like the sophisticated. But as far chocolate. as candy, like lemon heads and and uh, and Jolly Ranchers and cherry oh, clans. Nice. So, uh, in the spirit of Valentine's, what would be your ideal Valentine's experience? You have whatever guy. You know, oh. it's your world. It's your world. Oh. What's your ideal well, um, Valentine's experience? Well, fellas, uh, hit me up. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, let's see. Well, see, Valentine's is so, like, I feel like it's so, like, commercialized, I guess. So, actually, going on Valentine's is a little overrated because everything is so packed. This so, is your world. Though. I know, but I'm saying, like, okay, so, okay, this is my world. And I'm not, I'm gonna sound like a gold digger, but I promise it's not that. But, like, if a guy, like, showed up with, like, a private jet, that he could like wow. jet me off. She, she to, literally like, started in a private jet. Well, no, but because so she said where do we go? Where do we go exactly. from there? Where do you I, go from there? I know, but that's what I'm saying. I was like, hey, if you're out here, like, let me know. <laughs> but no, because because I don't want to deal with like the traveling before Valentine's Day, usually like in the middle of the week. So it'd have to be a jet like that day or a helicopter if you're going somewhere close. Um, but I don't know, jetting off to like somewhere like maybe Hawaii. I love Hawaii. Or Tulum. Love Tulum. Um, Hawaii is overrated, in my opinion. I, see, I love Maui. It's one of my favorite places. But I just got back from Tulum, and Tulum is, maybe I like it better than Hawaii. But I don't know, going somewhere exotic to where you're not dealing with, you know, like the long lines of Dallas and, you know, whatever. And You want something off the grid a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Cuff, have we reached that part of the interview? I think we have. And I'm, oh, I'm yeah. going to pull yeah. the, the, Get a glass the cuffs here. out here, Hold the glasses out. Yeah. This is so much fun. I feel like I could talk, you know, for, talk for ages. Listen, we can, we can keep going, but you... you I know, i got to be somewhere. You, you Miss Lady, you're, you're so busy. <laughs> so, visionaries, we have reached a point. Um, and for those of you who have listened, we are uh, going to land the plane yes. with Graham Brulot, the official cognac of the Vision Lab podcast. Thank you to Francisco, to Jameson, the Lovers team, everybody involved with this partnership. Uh, visionaries, it is. Uh, we stand by it. It is, a, it is the official cognac of the Vision Lab podcast. Um, if, if you can't get it in a store near you, send them a DM. They will make sure that you are taken care of. Cuff, hand me your no. Cat, hand me your glass. I apologize. Have you, are you, have you had cognac before? I don't know. I was about to say. It's about to change your I life. I know. I, well, first cigars, now cognac. Yes. It's about to change your life. Is it like a type of whiskey or? No, it's no, cognac. What? Yeah, it's like a whole. Friends. It's a whole different kind of thing. Hold on. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Yeah. yeah smell it. There you go. That's good. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't know there was another type of alcohol that I... Yeah, we, we, we rock with Grand Brulot, um, the official cognac of the Vision Lab podcast. Be on the lookout for uh, Francisco's episode dropping probably in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, it's, it's coming. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I'm so excited. you take it as one shot or am I? No, 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 no. Okay. I'm gonna shoot it. No, no we don't I, shoot this. We're, this is grown folks. I know, okay? I forgot I'm in a classy establishment. Yeah, no, all good. So we're just gonna sip on it and then kind of land the plane, ask a couple more questions. Okay. Cheers uh, to Grand Brulot. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Cheers to Grand Brulot. And y'all. Yeah, thank you. And you. Oh, that's good. Oh, wait. The Mm-hmm. Yeah. It tastes. Did you another one? No, it tastes like one of those. Okay, hold on. I gotta taste. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, cause y'all are gonna think I'm crazy. Hold on. Hmm. I'll I'll join you. Okay. I it tastes like if you were and again, hopefully they don't. Hopefully they're not like this girl doesn't know what she's talking about. But it tastes like if you were to mix whiskey and a deep red wine. Am I crazy? There's some elements of it. Yeah, I was about to say, like, you're it not, has, you're like, not completely like, off I base. think the whiskey, because it's very, like, Talk to me about earthy, what then... experience you get. Like, if you can close your eyes, take a sip, where would you be in the world? Hmm. 
I'm gonna tell you what I think. Mm. I would be in a library with leather-bound books. Wow, that's <laughs> way different from mm. what I was gonna say. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like it's like a very like I feel like a like a it's like a very sophisticated. I don't oh, know. that is so definitely. The I, word. I feel like I'm in like Colorado oh, or that too. Slope okay, or, right. or, or Utah, it, and I feel like it's. Because there's zero burn, or, or maybe for me there's zero burn. What about you? No, I, I had no burn. No burn. No burn. <laughs> um, so for the visionaries that are tuning in. But you're in, taking bigger gulps than I am. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit larger than you. Hmm. It but is very here's, sophisticated. Here's what's super, super cool about this, right? Like, so you can um, have this in the morning. Obviously, you don't smoke cigars like we do, but... If you were to have a cigar in the morning, you could have a cigar. You're starting off your coffee. day with some cognac? Oh, we got home. Well, hey, get this, to it. this is get my type of day. Listen, yeah. hey, you better come on <laughs> to the lab, right? Stick with um, us. We'll take you places. Exactly. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll show you what it's really about. But no, you can have some coffee with a little splash of uh, Grand Brulot, um cigar. Start your day off reading the newspaper. Read your social media for mm -hmm. you, right? Get your mind right for the day. It doesn't mean that you're you're getting you know drunk or whatever. This is this is no. grown folks business. No. You know you understand. I need to grow up and live like y'all. No 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 no. <laughs> you're good. You're just gonna bring that element to to your generation, mm. right? But I I feel like it's very smooth. Or you know what? It's the middle of the day. We had a productive work day, and I want to have a nice grand you know drink of grand mm. below. You know I go to a bar, upscale bar. Put a, uh, a, 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 I like to call them whiskey balls. A whiskey that's ball. Probably, oh, yeah, those little ice things. Yes, yeah, absolutely. those are fancy. You can do that and then um, drop that in here, have some Grand Brulot, or it's a nightcap and you've had a great date, yeah. you've had a great time, you've had a great day, and you know what? I'm just going to put a little bit neat and you can have it. So mm. that, that's kind of where I am. So it's time to land the plane. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this has been an amazing experience. First and foremost, before we do this, well, why don't you tell all of our visionaries how they can find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Kat Dunn, which is K-A-T-D-U-N-N. Um, you can also find me on TikTok at Kat Dunn. Uh, my TikTok's on the up and up, which is wild. Who right. knew? Um, and then also, of course, on Twitter at It's Catherine Dunn and my podcast, Conspire Away Bitches. Absolutely. Love it. And by the way, when does your podcast release? Like, when does it I, come out? See, I'm, I'm just taking it as I'm going, I try, I release one episode every week. I did, um, this is on Tuesdays, uh, Mondays, Wednesdays. No, I, I don't have a day. I know it's you bad. Just drop it. I know because I have to get on a good schedule, but, um, but yeah, so just, I guess just subscribe to my channel and stay tuned. <laughs> Listen to the vision lab first. And then as soon as you yeah, get done, as soon as you yeah, get yeah, done, yes, yes, yes. check out Kat, yeah. Kat Nunn's, um, conspire away bitches. So, so, uh, as we land this plane, one of the mm -hmm. questions we ask everybody on the show, mm -hmm. it is you, and there is a round table, very similar to okay. this one. There are five other seats at the table. Uh, you get five people, obviously. Oh, Who do you want at your table? There's only one caveat. The person, the people at your table can be dead or alive. You just can't have Jesus at your table. Okay, well, if I can't have... Okay. That's too easy. Well, then if I can't have Jesus, then I'm going to go with the Kardashians. <laughs> What, how, I mean, that's a drove. That, 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 that's, a, that's an army right there. No, okay, I know Your I sound. The table's done. I yeah. know I sound like those. I know I sound like that girl, but man, I would love to have. Okay, well, actually, you know what? Okay, I would. I would like to have four Kardashians. Which ones? Um, Kim for sure. Okay. Kylie, Chris, and you know what? Those are really the only ones that I really care about. So Kim, Kylie, Chris. 
Um, I would like my my grandpa who smokes cigars because okay. he could he could. Oh wait, do I need a? Hmm? Oh, it? you can. Yeah. And then I have one more. Man, who's my last one? Gosh. Uh, hmm. Man, I don't even know. I'm I'm fine with it's, just uh, it's, it's your my grandpa, man. It's I mean, your table. table. And they're dead or alive. Ooh. You know what? Okay, I would need someone like. Hmm. Maybe one of the like one of the like founding fathers of the Illuminati. Oh wow! Yeah. She's in the conspiracy just to like, just so we could all like ask questions about it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know who. Maybe like one of the like Rothschilds or, like you know, one of the Carnegies or, I don't mm. know. You sir. Yeah. So for anybody that may be under a rock and doesn't know how to get a hold of Cat uh, Dunn, does she already drop her social? Yeah. Okay. Man, this cognac is hitting you Man. different. <laughs> Man. <laughs> All right, so what's the long-term vision for one cat done? Um, well, of course, I'm going to ride out this whole influencer marketing as long as I can, which I think will I'll be able to ride out for a while because no matter what the social media platform is, you know, as long as you're always evolving, the world that we're, you know, the path that we're going down as, you know, a culture, um, you know, that type of social media marketing is here to stay. Eventually, as I talked to her about earlier, I want to open up my own agency that focuses on influencer marketing and their connection with businesses. Um, and then after that, um, I don't really, I can't say exactly because I'm, my agency is like a five to 10 year goal. And I think by the time I get there, it's, we're going to be in a whole different type of world. Um, so I guess, um, as of right now, my end goal is my social media agency, but it's not, I don't think it's good to have an end end goal. So you'll have to ask me in 10 years and then I'll, and then I'll let you know. I'm down for a part two. Oh yeah, me too. So I'm gonna cheat a little bit, Mike. Go ahead. Is that cool? Go ahead. I know where you're Depends. going. Depends. What are you cheating on? So here's the deal. We've had an amazing conversation, an amazing experience with with you. Um, our audience is a little bit older. Okay. Um, so I want you real quickly, thirty seconds, ninety seconds okay. or less. Talk to the older demographic. Your 35, 40 year olds, what can they do? Well, that's not much older than me. I'm 30. It's still different, <laughs> different demographic. Still in my age range as far as dating goes, though. Oh, yeah. Shout out to you. <laughs> this is Valentine's Day. Shout out to you. Valentine's <laughs> no, Day. No, I'm kidding. Holler at Cat. <laughs> um, what can those, what can older, the older generation do to establish themselves as a social media giant like mm -hmm. yourself? Well, I mean, unless you're, if you're not interested in learning about, you know, the world of social media yourself, because sometimes it's just not one of your passions and it's not one of your interests. Um, I think that like as a business, you do need to have some sort of presence on social media because um, of course, you know, more people go to Facebook to get their business, like to look up a business, more people go to Facebook than they do the actual website of the business. Um, and now of course with the different changes that we're seeing on Instagram, now people are able to shop on Instagram. So eventually it's gonna change where people are doing their boutique shopping off of Instagram. Um, so we're seeing kind of these social media channels taking over. Um, I think just like, you don't have to necessarily adapt yourself to it because you can hire somebody that does it. Um, and I think just getting on that wave and having presence on those channels is going to keep you, you and your business relevant. Beautiful. 
absolutely beautiful. All right, so the final question of our podcast, mm-hmm. okay? Um, as you sip on some Grand Blue, mm-hmm. you like that? It is. It's good. It's good. I can't. Yeah. I cannot sip it as fast as you, but I like. I'm a little. I'm taking baby sips, but yeah. it's good. I'm a, I'm, I'm a little huskier than you. So, um, in case you didn't know, we have a magical time machine okay. here in the lab. Um, what would today's version of Cat Dunn? What advice would she be giving you from five years ago? So you're now 25, 24, mm-hmm. 25, 26 years old. What advice are you giving yourself from back then? Oh, um, okay, well, five years ago, I was in a long relationship with the guy that with, we dated for five years. We were uh, we were set to get married. We had a ring I getting designed. he feels dumb right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't feel dumb. He's successful in his own way, and he's great. Like, we're on good terms. It's not, it's nothing like, it's, it's not like I'm that girl being like, I was in this horrible relationship. Like, no, it was a great relationship. It just wasn't right. Um, but I knew it wasn't right way early on in the relationship. Uh, probably around year two, I knew it wasn't right, but I still dragged it on for three more years because it, I, cause on paper it looked right. So I think if I could tell myself, you know, five years ago, just, you know, bite the bullet and break up with him, you'll be fine. But it just, he's, you know, I, cause I wasted a lot of time. Sure. Um, but with that being said, I don't think I would have ended up in the same exact place as I am now if it wasn't for those different, you know, things you know like you know me date even like even like that me dating him for five years like what if we had broken up early on and then i would have met somebody else and gone down a completely different path so uh i mean i don't really have with three kids exactly so i mean you never know um but i think that maybe i would have nipped that in the bud a little bit quicker um but other than that i mean i think just i kind of already had a good head on my shoulders when i was that age but uh, maybe not as quick to make decisions as I probably should have been. Okay. We're going to fast forward the clock. You're now 35. Yeah. Okay. But I still look like I'm 25. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no question about it because you're, you're half black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is uh, the 35-year-old version of yourself? What advice are they giving you today? Oh. Oh. Um. Ooh, they would probably tell me to save my money a lot better. Cause I'll be honest, I I'm very I something that I actually pride myself in is as someone from my age, I am pretty good at keeping track of my finances. I'm not one of those people that you know uh, bust through their paycheck. I don't live paycheck to paycheck. I you know I am pretty financially savvy. However, when it comes to when I have to determine whether I want to put my check into my savings account or my checking account, it always goes into my checking account. And I know that that's bad. So I need to become better at that. And I know that that's going to be my downfall five well, years from now. Go back to earlier in our uh, episodes, you got a couple of professionals that have talked about, you know, financial literacy. Mm-hmm. Check us out. Make sure that you can, you know, you tune in um, because hopefully they, 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 you can grab some nuggets of that. And I just want to say a, a very special thank you for coming into the lab and being vulnerable, talking about your experience on Big Brother, talking about your experience on, you know, being a, a major, major social media influencer. Hey, y'all are boosting me. I'm, yeah. I, I'm gonna say I'm major, major, maybe just major. Okay, just, <laughs> okay. just one. Okay, we'll give you one major. <laughs> we'll give you one major. But it's been absolutely outstanding. Oh, thank we, we you. Certainly this is enjoyed a lot of fun. It. You had your first cigar. I know. A real cigar. And my first cognac. And your mm-hmm. first cognac. And honestly, probably some of my first really good vodka where I wasn't like cringing afterwards. You drank it straight. It was good. Shout out yeah. again to Class A vodka. It was smooth. Yeah. So to all of our visionaries worldwide, thank you again for tuning in. 
Um, it's been absolutely amazing experience. Remember, each one of our guests are leaving nuggets of wisdom on the trail of life. Ultimately, it's up to you to pick them up. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ryan Mosley. He is Ryan Cuffey. She is the beautiful and talented Kat Dunn. Uh, thank you guys again for listening to another great episode of the Vision Lab Podcast. We will see you next week. Thank you.